Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with fleshly tablets of our hearts as we pick up in Proverbs chapter 21, verse 1. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Shall we turn down our Bibles to Proverbs 21? Proverbs 21, Solomon declares, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. The word rivers of water is in the Hebrew as the water courses. Now in the land of Israel, they had made many sluices for the water by which they could direct the water from the river to their farm areas. And these sluices were, of course, to turn the water and to bring it to a desired area. So Solomon is declaring that in reality, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. And even as the king by the water sluices is able to direct the water, to where he desires it to be, so God is able to direct the heart of the king according to God's will. How we should desire that our hearts be in the hands of the Lord. That God would direct our hearts, and that's exactly what the scripture promises is the reality for us who walk with Jesus Christ. The Lord said, And in those days, I will write my laws on the fleshly tablets of their hearts, no longer on the tables of stone, but on the fleshly tablets of our heart. And as a child of God, God expresses his will and his purpose for my life by the directing of my desires. So as a child of God, we can say, Our hearts are in the hands of the Lord. He directs them like the sluices of water wherever he wills. That should be our case. The second proverb is one that we can all attest to. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes. It's amazing how that we can actually rationalize and justify every single thing we've done. We can, you know, every way of a man is right in his own eyes. But the Lord ponders the hearts. God looks down at my motives. God is always interested in not so much of what I do, but what motivated that action. Now, it is possible that a person have the totally proper actions, but the wrong motivations. We are told in 2 Corinthians 5 that we are all to appear before the judgment seat of Christ in order that we might be judged according to our works, what sort they are. Now, Jesus tells us that we will definitely be judged according to not what I've done, but what motivated what I did. Take heed to yourself that you do not your righteousness before men to be seen of men, for I say unto you, ye have your reward. 
There are many things that a person does ostensibly for the Lord, but inwardly he is motivated by his own desire for recognition, his own desire to be a leader or whatever, and the motivation of the work is wrong. God's going to test one day our hearts, our motivations. So where every deed is right in my own eyes, I can say, oh, look what I did. Lord, I prophesied in your name. I preached in your name. I did all this. And the Lord says, hey, I never knew you. You see, your heart, the motivation was wrong. And so that is why earlier a proverb said, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. What is the attitude of my heart? What is the motivation of my heart? That's something that I need to examine. And yet, who knows? The heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. So what can I do? God's going to one day judge me by the motivations of my heart, but my heart's deceitful and desperately wicked. What can I do? Exactly what David did in Psalm 139 and say, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my way and see if there be some way of wickedness in me. I don't know my own heart. Therefore, I ask God, search my heart. God, reveal to me if there is something that is there that is unlike thee. Let it be known, Lord, reveal. To do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Now, there are people who are always ready to sacrifice. In the New Testament, Jesus got after the Pharisees because they were so meticulous in paying tithes of their herb gardens where they raised little seeds. And so they would count out their corander seeds. Nine for me, one for the Lord. Nine for me, one for the Lord. And so meticulous in the paying of their tithes. They tithes of their anais, their mint, their cumin, their spices. But he said, you've totally omitted the more important things. Righteousness, mercy, judgment. And so God is more interested in my seeking to be righteous, my seeking to be merciful than for me coming and offering some sacrifice to God. To do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than to sacrifice. God said, sacrificing and offerings I would not. I don't care about those. What I want is a broken and a contrite heart, the repentant heart. God said, I will not turn away. But he spoke about the rejection of their sacrifices and offerings at one point. He said, don't bring me anymore. I'm sick of them. I don't want any more of your sacrifices. Your heart isn't in it. And the sacrifice is meaningless. At that point, God says, don't offer. I don't want any more. What I want is a true repentance, true judgment, justice, mercy. Those are the things that God is interested in. A high look, a proud heart, and the light of the wicked is sin. The wicked can't do anything right. But the proud look, or the proud heart, the high look, how God hates, detests. 
Humble yourself. He that humbleth himself shall be exalted. He that exalteth himself shall be abased. The thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteousness, but of everyone that is hasty only to want. They that are hasty to be rich, those that are looking for a get-rich-quick scheme, Here's the warning. Hey, you're going to get burned. There's no quick way to riches. The thoughts of the diligent tend towards the plenteousness, but the get-rich schemes are going to leave you broke. The getting of treasures by a lying tongue is a vanity tossed to and fro of those that seek death. And these are those persons that go around with fraudulent schemes. The getting of treasures by a lying tongue. All of the scams that they have. But how often when they get caught, they get rubbed up. The robbery of the wicked shall destroy them because they refuse to do judgment. The way of a man is perverse and strange, but as for the pure, his work is right. You notice the contrast in the poetry here. It is better to dwell in, in a corner of the housetop than with a brawling woman in a wide house. Now, I would say that probably one woman in a thousand is brawling. But inasmuch as he married a thousand, he got one of them. <laughs> and so... He speaks probably from experience, one of his wives. And uh, better to dwell in the corner of the housetop. I really wouldn't know. I say that seriously. Better to dwell in the bedroom. The soul of the wicked desireth evil. His neighbor finds no favor in his eyes. The soul of the wicked, the mind, the consciousness, it just desires evil. When the scorner is punished, the simple is made wise. When the wise is instructed, he receives knowledge. Some of these really don't really call for any further kind of amplification. The righteous man wisely considers the house of the wicked, but God overthrows the wicked for their wickedness. Whoso stops his ears at the cry of the poor, he shall cry himself and not be heard. Now again, God taking up the cause of the poor. All the way through, we see God's taking up the cause of the poor. He who lends to the poor lends to the Lord. Now if you close up your ear to the cry of the poor, then God says you'll close up his ear to you. A gift in secret pacifies anger, and a reward in the bosom strong wrath. It is joy to the just to do judgment, but destruction shall be to the workers of iniquity. A man that wanders out of the way of understanding shall remain in the congregation of the dead. And he that loveth pleasure shall be a poor man. And he that loveth wine and oil shall not be rich.
The wicked shall be a ransom for the righteous and the transgressor for the upright. It is better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman. Again, one in a thousand, and he had his one, and he had to deal with her. There is treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but the foolish man spends it up. He that follows after righteousness and mercy finds life, righteousness, and honor. Let's look at that again. He that follows after righteousness and mercy, what will he find? He'll find life, righteousness, and honor. A wise man scaleth the city of the mighty and casteth down the strength of the confidence thereof. Whoso keeps his mouth and his tongue <laughs> keeps his soul from troubles. <laughs> How many times I wish I hadn't said it. <laughs> that word that was said in jest or carelessness or just off how you would like to draw it back so many times. Whoso keeps his mouth and his tongue will just keep himself from a lot of trouble. Proud and haughty scorner is his name who deals in proud wrath. <laughs> the desire of a slothful man absolutely destroys him for his hands refuse to labor. He has so much to say about the slothful man, the lazy person. And, and here is the desire of the lazy person just eats him up. It kills him because you desire, but you don't have because your hands refuse to labor. So it's, it's that desire, but no fulfillment. He coveteth greedily all the day long, but the righteous giveth and spareth not. That is the desire of the slothful kills him. His hands refuse to labor. He is coveting greedily all day long. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination. Now we dealt with this a little bit earlier in one of the earlier Proverbs here in the chapter where God is interested in justice and judgment more than sacrifice. And the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination. God doesn't really want any sacrifices from the wicked. How much more when he brings it with a wicked mind, when he is regarding iniquity in his mind and heart and yet brings a sacrifice before the Lord. A false witness shall perish, but the man that heareth speaketh constantly. A wicked man hardeneth his face, but as for the upright, he directeth his way. Verse 30, there is no wisdom, nor understanding, nor counsel against the Lord. There's no way that you can bring to naught the works of God. There's no wisdom, no understanding, no counsel that you can take against him. The horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. Now, what are you trusting in for safety? For your own personal safety. You say, well, I got a permit to carry a gun. 
living in horrible days. Well, the Lord said, he who lives by the sword dies by the sword. What are you trusting him for safety? A horse is prepared against the day of battle. But the real safety is in the Lord. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh, but in vain. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord is keeping you all of your endeavors to keep yourself are in vain. Better to put your trust in the Lord and your keeping into his hand than to take it in your own hands. How important that we learn to just trust in the Lord for his protection. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. The good name, so important, so valuable. Good reputation, so important. It's rather to be chosen than great riches. Loving favor rather than silver and gold. The rich and the poor meet together. Where? In the eyes of the Lord. For the Lord is the maker of them all. You know, God can't be impressed with your bank account. We all meet together when we stand before God. The rich and the poor, we're all alike. We meet together. There's a common ground. Whenever we stand before the Lord, we're meeting on common grounds. Except, as I understand the scripture, the poor man has maybe a few advantages. How hard it is for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. That is, how hard it is for those who trust in riches. The danger of riches is always that tendency and temptation to trust in your riches. I've learned that I can buy my way out of problems with my money. I learned that I can use money to influence people or to uh, control people. And I'm used to then the manipulation of people because of my financial prowess. Poor person doesn't have any of those problems. When you stand before the Lord, the rich and the poor meet together. The prudent man foreseeth the evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. The prudent man. Now, we see the evil that is going to result from a life of sin. And we hide ourselves in the provisions that God has made through Jesus Christ. We hide from that day of judgment. But the simple they're going to pass right on into it and will be punished. By humility and the fear of the Lord or reverence of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. Now, he that followeth after righteousness and mercy finds life, righteousness, and honor. Here, by humility and the reverence of the Lord are riches, honor, 
and life. Thorns and snares are in the way of the perverse, and he who keeps his soul shall be far from them. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. This particular passage of Scripture has been the center of great controversy. There are many people who, with an aching heart, looking at their children who are rebelling from the things of the Lord, and their hearts filled with wonderment as to how the child could turn so far from God. Turn with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Proverbs on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Proverbs 21 through 22 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD, and our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is the Word for Today. P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord be with you and bless you. May his hand be upon your life this week. And may God work in your life in the changing of your nature with open face. May you behold the glory of the Lord. And as you gaze into his glory, may his spirit work in you, changing you from glory to glory into his image that God might conform you into the image of Christ that you might become the person that God wants you to be in Jesus name this program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa California God is looking for someone that he can use to accomplish his purposes on this earth. The apostles were more than willing to be used by the Lord. So what was it that gave them the certain spiritual characteristics necessary to be used by God and to be a powerful, godly influence to change the world? Well, in a book entitled The Man God Uses, Pastor Chuck Smith brings the scriptures to life as he examines the book of Acts. He reveals the secret to the apostles' boldness, the five essential components of prayer, and the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. 
So if you've ever wanted to accomplish more for the kingdom of God and to be an instrument that he can use, then I encourage you to pick up a copy of Pastor Chuck's book, The Man God Uses. To order a copy of this book in print or download a digital copy, please visit thewordfortoday.org or call the word for today at 800-272-9673.